Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited for this new episode today. Um, Today on the podcast, we have my mom. It was Mother's Day on Sunday, so I thought it would be fun to have my mom on the podcast, and I've been wanting to have her for a while, but today she's just um, going to share some of her stories of God's faithfulness throughout her life, and it's really awesome and encouraging to hear all the times that God has shown up. So I hope that it is an encouragement to you today. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hi, Mom. I'm so very excited to have you on the podcast today. I've been waiting for this one for so long, and I'm just excited that we're finally sitting down to record it. Kira, I'm so excited to be on it, and it's been such an incredible joy to watch your journey with the Lord and how God has drawn you to himself. I'm blown away by the faithfulness of God in just his answering my prayers for both you and Noel to follow him. And I love the way he's used this podcast in your life and also in the lives of others. So I'm excited to be a little a part of it and have the opportunity to encourage others by sharing what God's done in my life. Thanks, Mom. Um, so the first question that I want to ask you is what's the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself in the past year and what's the biggest thing you've learned about God? I know it's a big question, but it's a good one. Yeah, I knew you were going to ask me this question and I've, I've just been dreading it. It's like <laughs> the last question that I want to answer because I feel like I could go so many different ways and there's so many um, different things that God shows me from time to time. So I'm like, oh, it just feels like such a big question. But here's my best thought at that when I kind of looked back at my journal over the last year. I think um, what I've learned about myself is that when I'm going through times of uncertainty, I want to know what's next or how long, Lord, do I have to sit in this uncomfortable uncertainty? Um, But what I feel like the Lord has said to me is, well, then you would want to know the next thing. So like, for example, if I knew I was moving out of San Juan Capistrano, I'd want to know like, okay, well, where am I going? And where am I going to live? And uh, what job am I going to have? Um, are you going to provide friends, Lord? Like all those things. Yeah. And um, so I feel like God is teaching me just to enjoy where he has me right now and mm. know that um, with that, com- you know, all that comes with that, the good and the bad, because what I've learned about God is that he reveals to me what I need right now. And that's enough. So that's really good. I don't know if that kind of captures both in one. But that's, that's really good. <laughs> that's awesome. So before we get into the heart of the episode, I just want to say how thankful I am for you and your example of faith growing up. When I think of how amazing your faith is and how much of a model you have been for me, like just showing me what it looks like to really trust God in the unknown. There's been a lot of unknowns in my life, but even more in your life. Um, And just watching you respond uh, with trust and and leaning into his faithfulness has been incredible. So I want to take a little bit of time to talk about God's character because one of the things that's so cool about our God is his character is set and he can't change. So no matter how far we wander or how many times we forget his faithfulness, he's going to remain faithful. And I think I'm reminded of Peter walking on water when he's literally on top of the water, which is crazy. And then the second he starts to doubt, he starts to sink. 
Um, and he doubts even when he's looking at Jesus face to face in the flesh and experiencing his power. And I think there's a lot of comfort in that because um, I think that's part of our faith journey. But I just wanted to hear your thoughts on how God has remained faithful even when um, we don't and just kind of your experience with that. Yeah. Um, well, a couple things come to mind when I'm, when you're talking about that. I think about God being faithful even when we aren't. And I think back to when I was younger and something wouldn't go how I wanted it to go. And um, I would get mad at God and feel like, okay, fine. Like if you aren't going to do what I want, then I'm not going to spend time with you or you know, I'm not going to pray to you, which is so funny. Obviously God can handle our mad and he wants us to bring it to him. And I do think there's a time and a place for us to be upset with God and share that with him. And I think he understands it. Um, but just because I wasn't being faithful in spending time with him or seeking after him doesn't mean he wasn't faithful to me. He was still providing and working and he didn't turn his back on me. Um, the only person that really hurt was me because I missed out on the peace and abundant life that I could have had yeah. if I was really pressing into him. So, but then the other thing that you said when you talked about Peter and doubting, um, it is a comfort to think about the people in the Bible and you know hear about Peter who's doubting but also walking right there with Jesus. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's encouraging, you know, when we have times of doubt. Yeah. Um, in Matthew, it says, when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out. And I can relate to that because oftentimes when I see the wind in my life, that is when I'm afraid. I can just be living my life and totally happy, and out of the nowhere, the wind comes up, and yeah. I freak out which sounds crazy because I've lived 50 years now and have watched God continually provide for me and show himself to me. And it's like, I think, well, you know, one of these times is just going to be too much for God to handle. Um, but <laughs> obviously that isn't true. Um, in Luke, it says nothing will be possible with God. And, you know, I think about just even a, a little example of that. When you become a parent, um, your kids' struggles become your struggles, mm -hmm. and especially as a mom, and you'll experience this yourself. But um, one of the times I think about that of just like kind of having that fear um, is when you needed to get a certain ACT score for your scholarship, and then you had to retake it. So just to give a little background for the people that are listening. Yeah. Um, you had committed to Florida State as a freshman in high school, and part of your scholarship was athletic, but part of it was academic. And in order to earn that academic part, you were told you had to maintain a 4-0 and then score a 30 on your ACT. And you worked your butt off, and you did that. Yeah. And it was awesome. <laughs> and then in January of your senior year, after you'd already signed and committed and everything was said and done, they called and said that the score had changed and you now needed a 31. And that was like really not the most fun. upsetting. <laughs> it was not a fun time in the Rutz household. And it was <laughs> not fun to be around Kira Rutz at that moment. But um, I remember you were just so upset and you were questioning if, you know, you should even go to Florida State. Yeah. And I remember just feeling so upset about that and stressed out and you know the wind had come up and I 
I wasn't, you know, I took my eyes off of Jesus. And I think um, I had that feeling of like, well, maybe this isn't going to work out. And, and it did. But even if it didn't, God would have had a plan in that too. Yeah. So I think um, the important thing for me is to keep my eyes on Jesus and his word, because that's when the fear recedes, you know? And yeah. I mean, even today I've been meditating on the, the verse that says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Um, and it's just, that's what brings comfort when we really focus on the truth of what God says. Yeah, that's really good. That was not a fun time, but it was reaffirming <laughs> that I was supposed to be at Florida State. <laughs> I don't think it was fun for Billy, the ACT tutor, either. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> okay, so one of the things that I find super encouraging is to look back on all the times in my life that God has been faithful, and it helps with a little bit of that wondering if he's going to show up again. Like, mm-hmm. if I feel like there's a big question or I'm stressed or struggling, it's easy to doubt if God's going to show up that next time. But by looking back on right. all the times that he's shown up before – it's super encouraging and reminds me how good he is. And um, just to see all that he's done is awesome. And I love getting to hear about it in other people's lives too. And I know for you, I've heard some of the most amazing stories of God's faithfulness from you. And so I wanted to take uh, this time today to just share some of those ways that God has shown up for you over and over again and let that be an encouragement. Um, But these moments of God's faithfulness in your life is your testimony, and I think that that's so awesome. Um, So can you just start by sharing a little bit about how your testimony has developed throughout your life? Yeah, um, I remember, like, when I was in college or even first married, and people would say, you know, we want to hear your testimony. And I remember, like, this feeling of panic and being like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't really have a testimony because I didn't have this dramatic conversion story or even a time when I came to Christ later in life, like dad did, you know, he accepted Christ in high school and he could have like the story of, okay, here was my life before Christ and and here was after. And I just didn't have that. I was raised in a Christian home and I accepted Jesus into my heart when I was a little girl. So I felt like, well, what's my testimony? But here's what I've come to understand about that is first, what a gift and a privilege that Mm -hmm. I was raised by Christian parents. Um, Nana and Papa taught me about Jesus and his love for me. And so thankful and appreciative of them for that. And I never really walked away from the Lord. Um, So that's given me a life that hasn't had a lot of trouble that's resulted from bad decisions. Yeah. Um, My story is really, a story of faithfulness in my life from the time of when I was little until now. And it's, I remember reading this book and them talking about their life being a beautiful tapestry and seeing God's hand woven in it. And I would Mm -hmm. say that's what my life is. I can see God's hand woven through my whole life, just protecting me and guiding me even at night when I didn't understand what he was doing. And um, when things were really hard, um, but when I was first married, I really didn't have too many hard things in my life yet. Yeah. Now, of course, there's been a lot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you think about people in the Bible, like Joseph, for example, he's one of my favorites to just look at God's faithfulness. Yeah. Um, when we look back at his life, we can see what God was doing and how he was using these terrible things 
that Joseph went through to accomplish his plans. But I'm sure in the moment when Joseph was being sold by his brothers or when he was in prison for something that he didn't do, um, he didn't understand what God was doing. So, yeah, I think that's um, really cool. And I think a lot of people feel like that who maybe just have kind of always been a Christian, but I think like God is still working and we should actually be really thankful for that. But it's cool to see how you've been able to kind of shift your perspective on that. Yeah. And I think even though I always walked with the Lord, um, I don't think there was a maturity that came to my faith until later. Um, I always, but I did always desire to follow him. Now that I have more years under my belt than when we were first married, I've come to realize that really all of us that follow Jesus, we all have a conversion story. Yeah. Every one of us at our lives or at some point in our lives has made something other than Jesus our God. Yeah. And it's something I need to be aware of all the time and constantly checking myself on. And, you know, when I was younger at one point, it was absolutely tennis and, finding my identity in sports and my physical abilities. And the Lord brought me through a whole journey with that. But even now I struggle with making things other than the Lord, my first priority. Yeah. Yeah. The other day I was, um, reading my, in my Bible study and I was reading in John where Jesus reinstates Peter after his denials. Mm -hmm. And he asks him, do you love me more than these? And so I, started thinking about that and I was pretty convicted just thinking about you know what are my these and yeah right now um God's calling us into a new season dad's just resigned from his job and we're waiting to see what's next and it's one of those times that you talked about that we've been through a lot of those times of unknown yeah and um you know it can be it can be scary so Um, but when I read that, I had to ask myself like, okay, what are my these? And for me, they're like living near my family and they're my friendships and my school community and just my comfort. I I like to be comfortable, you know? So am I willing to trust Jesus with those and let him lead? And if he's asking me to move on, will I follow him and trust his faithfulness enough to walk away from my these? So, yeah. you know, those are tough questions. And honestly, sometimes I feel like, oh, no, Lord, I don't I don't want to trust you right now. <laughs> I just want to be comfortable and happy. You know, I mean, and I think if we're honest, we all feel that way. But I do know that nothing is better than Jesus. And if I choose um, those things over him, then they become empty. Yeah. So I have to remember that following Jesus and trusting in his faithfulness means remember that remembering that he's always good yeah and if he loves me enough to die for me then he's always for me yeah that's really good I was reading a couple days ago in Isaiah 43 and I think it was like verses 16 through 19 like 16 and 17 we're talking about all that the Lord had done for Israel and how he like parted the Red Sea and carried them through and then uh, delivered them from the Egyptians and then verse 17 and 18 we're talking about not looking to the past and looking forward to the future because the Lord was going to do a new thing and I think that's 
it's so important to have both of those things because like we said like what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to look back and we're going to see like in your life all of those awesome things that God has done like he did for the Israelites and like he's done for all of us but then also being able to look to the future and focus on what God has for us next instead of trying to hold on so tightly to whatever we're going through right now and like using those past things as an encouragement to know that if he had you in all those past situations, he's going to have you in this one too. Yeah. That's interesting that you um, just said that because I was thinking, I mean, I wasn't thinking about this before, but now that you say it, I'm thinking about it. And um, I went and heard Christine Kane speak um, not too long ago. And she talked a lot about uh, not looking back, but looking forward Mm. Um, and she talked about Lot's wife and how Lot looked back yeah. and how that was the one thing that Christ told her, you know, not to do, or the angel told her not to do, I think it was, but to, to not look back. And I think she looked back because, um, you know, she, she was remembering like her comfort and her family and all those things. So she was thinking about her, these, yeah. you know, instead of looking forward into what God was bringing her into next. That's really good. Um, Okay, so I'm just going to prompt you with some of the stories that I kind of remember hearing from Mm -hmm. you in the past. Um, And we can just kind of spend some time talking about them and like just kind of celebrating how big our God is. Um, But the first one that I think I remember you telling me, and I think this is going to go in order hopefully, um, right after college, you went, you played tennis in college. And then mm-hmm. after you had the opportunity to go with Athletes in Action, which is um, campus ministry offshoot, and you got to go and play tennis in Germany. Um, mm-hmm. And you were having some stomach pains there. And um, I want you to share that story because it's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this is, I feel like, a story, probably the first time that I really felt the power of God in my own life. Um, And it's fun. I haven't told the story in quite a while until I think just like two weeks ago, we were out to dinner with some friends and um, they asked me if I'd ever had a healing experience. And so I got to share it with them. But Hmm. yeah, like you said, um, before I left on this trip, I'd been having these stomach pains and probably for about a year before we left and they were, they would come about once a month. And I remember like, okay, is it related to my cycle? I had like ultrasounds done and it was just kind of a mystery. We couldn't figure out what was causing it, but, um, it was something that was kind of a big deal because it would kind of knock me out for two to three days. It was really debilitating and I would just have to lay on the couch and wait for it to pass. Mm. Um, but so yeah, I was on this trip and it was such a cool experience being with all these other athletes, um, from around the U S and, um, we were playing on the red clay, which I had never done before and just doing a lot of training, but also spending a lot of time with the Lord, um, in ways that I hadn't before and fellowshipping with other believers. So we would go and play these clubs and, um, play tennis against them and then we would share a meal and get to share our testimony with them so it was pretty awesome to to do that but 
um, we were getting ready to head out for a match and I started feeling that pain coming on that morning. And I just remember feeling panicked about it because it was like, oh my gosh, am I really going to be stuck here for two or three days while my teammates are off playing and I'm going to be laying in bed? Yeah. Um, but I remember telling my teammates about it and they asked if they could lay hands on me and pray for me. And I grew up Baptist and that was just like <laughs> laying hands, healing, speaking in tongues. Like that was, you know, not a thing that we did. And yeah. it was kind of scary to me. So, um, but I was desperate. And so I agreed. Um, but I also remember feeling like kind of afraid, mm. which is crazy. But as they were praying for me, I also prayed that I would have faith to believe that God could heal me. So after they prayed for me, it wasn't, I mean, the pain was still there. And I remember thinking, oh, well, it didn't work. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but within like 15 minutes, it started feeling better. And then within like a half an hour, it was totally gone. And I was able to get up and go with the team. And I felt perfectly normal. And I've never had that stomach pain again. And I think it's easy to say, oh, that was a coincidence or whatever. But I had mm. struggled with that for a year. And it was something that did last for two or three days. And this was the first day. And for it to be gone in a half hour and then never come back, I just really believe that God healed me. And it's such a sweet example of God caring for me and wanting to show himself to me I feel humbled just thinking back about it and talking to you right now you know yeah it's pretty awesome that is really awesome I think that's something too like we hear about in the bible God healing all these people but then I, I feel like people don't think it's as common of a thing but these things still happening God still heals yeah. um yeah. which is just cool to see so I remember another story that you told me that involved me when I was little and I think you know what I'm talking about yeah um so I'll let you go ahead and just tell that whole story yeah this one is it's kind of crazy um I think you were you were two years old I was thinking back about it trying to figure out okay how old was Kara so you were two and I'd gone to this outdoor mall with you and it was on a Monday morning so the stores had just opened and it was pretty empty at the mall um, there wasn't really anyone around and we went into the gap cause that was your favorite store. <laughs> so we're in there and all of a sudden you were like, Oh mommy, I have to go potty. And <laughs> I had just potty trained you. So I was like, Oh my gosh, we got to get to the toilet. So we kind of like beelined it out of the store and the restrooms were a little bit, they weren't like crazy out of the way, but they were off a little bit from the stores. Um, so we went over there and used the restroom and I remember like trying to put you back in the stroller, but you were like pretty strong willed little girl. Um, I know that's hard to believe. Um, and you were like, no, you know, you wanted to walk. So I was like, okay. So I'm like holding your hand and pushing the stroller. And as I'm walking out of the bathroom, there was a man that was like about to come into the bathroom. I sort of like almost ran into him and it was so weird. I just remember being like, um, hi. And I grabbed your hand and, I had the stroller and he started following me and whistling at me like you know like woo woo if mm. I could whistle I would but you know what I mean that yeah. kind of a whistle um so I I was like oh gosh this is really weird so I just my car wasn't that far so I, I just tried to like get you there as fast as I could and the whole time he was following me and whistling and 
so I got to the car and I like threw, I got you in the car as quick as I could and strapped you into your seat through the stroller in the back. But the other thing that was happening at this point is he was pacing back and forth in front of my car and continuing to whistle at me when I was doing this. And so I was just like kind of mm, shaking, trying to get in the car really fast. And so I got in the car, I locked the doors and I grabbed my phone. And as soon as I grabbed my phone, he saw me like he was watching me from the front of my car and he walked away. And so I called dad and he answered the phone, which was weird in and of itself because he was a teacher. And I think it just happened to fall on his prep period. And so I shared the story with him and he just was quiet. And then he said, you know, I was really prompted to pray for your protection this morning. And I never uh, do that, but this morning it was just really strong on my heart that I should pray for that. So, um, and then he just encouraged me to call the police. And I remember thinking like, am I overreacting? Like, should I really call the police? Like, um, but I did and they, you know, listened to me and kind of took my statement. And then the guy said that he, you know, would call me later or have somebody call me later. And, um, they did, they called me back and they said that they had caught the guy that he had, um, tried to attack another woman that day and that he had a knife on him and, um, he'd sexually assaulted some other women in part of in another part of the state and he'd just recently been released from prison so um and then he said can I ask you what color your hair is and I told him that was blonde and he said yeah you're a very lucky woman um that guy was targeting blondes so I mean that was creepy too you know it's crazy just to talk about it but I I mean I can't believe that that happened to me but I don't think I was a lucky woman, you know, I think the Holy Spirit was prompting dad to pray for my protection and God's intervention is what kept both of us safe in that situation. It's, I mean, that's scary, but it's cool um, how like the Holy Spirit and the power of prayer like really does do things like prayer changes a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think just Mm -hmm. being faithful to praying when we feel that call on our heart is important yeah I think about that too like you know with dad's prayers like I don't know if that guy saw someone else with us or who knows you know what was why he didn't do something more but I do know that I agree with you the power of prayer is huge yeah so um the other thing that I well I guess I have two more things that come to mind that I would really like to talk about but um the first one just the story of your back for those of you who don't know my mom um like has had back problems for years like since starting when I was a little girl and it was to the point where there were days she couldn't even walk um and yeah that's kind of a whole story too and I think you watching you learn and lean on the Lord in that time was really cool and so I'd like you to share that yeah yeah I feel like the first two stories are kind of like these more fun stories of like wow look what God did here yeah and the story is not so fun you know (laughs) I mean it's just hard but but it's awesome so um yeah well okay so I'll start kind of at the beginning like just growing up 
um, athletics and doing active things were uh, just a huge part of our family. And obviously it still is, you know, it's something that we've passed down to you, but, um, in high school, I played tennis and I played basketball and I ran cross country. Um, but even before that, like our family, like I was on the swim team, our family cross country skied together. We hiked, we took bike rides. I mean, it was just part of who we were. Um, and then, you know, like you said, I ended up playing college tennis and, um, you know, as you know, uh, anybody that's a collegiate athlete, you have to put so much time and effort into your sport. Yeah. And those people achieved great success and great accolades um, in their sport. And because of that, I think it can become a bit of a god. Yeah. And that definitely happened to me. I found my identity and my athletic success and my strong body and the way I looked and not in who Jesus says I am. <laughs> So my junior year in college, my back um, started hurting during tennis season, but I made it through my college career. It wasn't something that kept me from playing. I just had to stretch afterwards. And Mm. um, so I don't know, it didn't really stop me. But um, when after I met dad, like we continued to be active, we played in tennis tournaments together, we trained for marathons and went for hikes and did all sorts of things and it would crop up from time to time, but it just wasn't debilitating, you know, but we lived in Bend and I mean, we were active for sure, but there was snow and it was cold and there was winter. And so, you know, it wasn't this daily thing that we could do. Like when we moved to Southern California, that was kind of a new season. And, you know, after we've been married for 10 years and then we moved to Southern California and all of a sudden we can be active every day. Um, and I started playing more tennis and I started playing with this woman who uh, played at Pepperdine and um, it was just fun. Like I, I was getting back into the game and I was getting, you know, good again. And <laughs> I remember coming home one night, super excited after playing so well and having so much fun. And, you know, I think I had beaten her for the first time in a set. And <laughs> I was just like, Oh, that was so awesome. But then the next day, you know, I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed and my back had just locked up and I was in such spasm. Um, I remember like trying to get to the bathroom and just almost passing out with the pain. And Mm. so uh, that kind of started a cycle of seven years of me with each time I tried to play tennis or run. Well, that didn't last for seven years because I quickly figured out, oh, I can't do that anymore. But of just being in pain and trying so many different things. I saw a chiropractor, a physical therapist. I tried prolotherapy. I I tried uh, acupuncture, like just so many things. And um, in the meantime, I was um, at Calvary Church and I was doing a women's Bible study there. And I remember just, I was so broken and so confused and hurt and, you know, I remember dad going for runs and me just being at home and being like, I can't believe this is my life. Like I can't, I can't do those things. And I just remember crying out to the Lord and being like, God, if you're not going to heal me, then you've got to show yourself to me. And like, you know, show me why this is happening and show me more of who you are. And I came across this first in Jeremiah 33, um, Jeremiah 33, three. And I think like, you know, I know that, 
verses can take, get taken out of context all the time. And, mm-hmm. and maybe this one was for me, you know, I don't know, but I just, it really did encourage me. It says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Mm-hmm. And God, God did that. You know, I, I called out to him and he showed himself to me. He showed me how much he loves me. He showed me um, how to find my identity in him. And um, he showed me an intimacy that I could have with him on a daily basis that I had never known before. Mm. And um, it's awesome. It's an awesome gift. So he, um, when we moved to Santa Barbara, he ended up um, connecting me with a physical therapist that really brought healing to my life. And I, um, now I'm able to play tennis again, you know, about once or twice a week and I can play pickleball and I can go for walks. I can't run anymore but um so I feel like God has um restored me somewhat in my ability to be active but now I also have that intimacy you know with him and he's taught me not to take those things for granted I I just remember like a couple weeks ago hitting with Shay my sister Mm -hmm. and laying on the court afterwards and stretching and just being like can you believe that we can do this because she walked through that journey and saw like how horrible it was for me that but we can play tennis again. And yeah. I'm so thankful and appreciative that God has allowed me to have both now, you yeah. know? So it's pretty amazing, but it's not been a fun journey, yeah. you know, but it's been good. Yeah. I think that that is also important to remember, like the, my time in college hasn't been the most fun. It's been really hard, but yeah. it is where I like really met Jesus and, have like developed an intimate relationship with the Lord and I think yeah it sometimes takes like those really hard situations and yeah God doesn't waste our suffering like he uses that for um our good and for his glory and so I think just remembering that when you are in a season that's really hard like use that to lean into the Lord and grow in your intimacy with him because he's still there and he still loves you and he still wants a relationship with you and he's yeah, probably I, using it. <laughs> Sorry. No, it. I think too, Kira, about how like you can, you have a choice. Like when things are really hard like that, like you can choose to either push into the Lord or, you know, be bitter or feel like, you know, like I said, when I was young and immature, like, okay, I'm not going to, you know, spend any time with you. And I just remember like even saying to you, you know, when you were struggling and going through these things, like press into the Lord big because this is the time, you know, where you just really, during those hard times, that's when it really establishes your faith. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so the last thing that I want to talk about is um, we've moved a lot. I think before I came to college, I lived in eight or nine different houses and like two different states and four different cities. So Mm -hmm. that's like not normal, (laughs) obviously. And (laughs) it's not. big uh big changes throughout my life which um I know has not just been hard for me obviously it's been hard for all of us but um I was hoping you could share your perspective on that yeah yeah it's interesting to hear you talk about uh exactly how many times and how many houses and like I hadn't really counted that up but um (laughs) You know, I think with dad's job being a head of school, you know, I think, you know, the average head of school uh, is tenure is is four years in a place. 
so that explains a lot of uh you know why all the moves but um you know i don't really like moving each move has been painful for me um because i guess because i don't really love change and i like to invest in relationships and go deep i'm not a i'm i'm a introvert with extroverted qualities i like to say um but so i don't do well with small talk i just really like to get to know people and develop those deep relationships so um it's hard for me to start over each time we move but what god has shown me through each of our moves is that he's faithful through it all and he teaches me about his character and his love for me every time and um he uses them to make me more like him and to trust in more so um i think about like our move to the palisades and you know, God helped me find my identity in Christ and he showed me what it's like to pursue him with my whole heart. And so I think that is a gift that he gave me from that move, even though there were really hard things in it. And then like our move to Santa Barbara was great for dad professionally. And for me, I mean, he brought healing to my back, which is huge. Yeah. And then, you know, for you girls, it was a safe and sheltered place for you to kind of spend your high school and junior high years or the early year of your high school. I think we moved here your sophomore year, but um, just kind of away from the pressures of West Los Angeles, which was good. Yeah. (laughs) And then our move to San Juan Capistrano has been really about community. God has provided incredible community and deep relationships that have encouraged us in our walk with the Lord. So every time we move, I am reminded not to rely on my feelings because I know Mm. feelings can come and go, right? And I remember one before we moved to Santa Barbara, I remember telling Shay on the phone that like, um, I didn't think it was right because I didn't have a piece and I felt scared. And um, I, she challenged me on that. And mm-hmm. I think like, I always feel scared and unpeaceful before we move because it's not part of something that I enjoy doing with my personality, you yeah. know? But so I have to really set my feelings aside and remember God's faithfulness and look for him and the signs that he shows me in other ways, not my feelings, but just doors that he opens and conversations that I have um, with other believers. So. Um, yeah, I'll never feel peaceful about moving, but I just have to trust him. <laughs> yeah. See what he does next. That makes sense. Um, okay, I know you've mentioned a couple of verses kind of as we've gone through these stories, but I was wondering if you have a specific verse or passage that you tend to turn to more uh, that reminds you of God's faithfulness. Yeah, I think there's a couple. Um, so I'll share too, if that's okay. But yeah, one of them, one of my favorites is um, Psalm 105. And actually, the whole Psalm is amazing. And I memorized it as a little girl, because it was part of this album we used to listen to. Nana was really great about that always playing songs that had scripture in them. And I tried to pass that down to you guys, because I think it's easy to memorize scripture through song. And you did with seeds. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay, but it says, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness continues through all generations. And I love this because it reminds me of his goodness and his love for me, but also that he's faithful through all generations, which means he was faithful in my grandparents' lives, in my parents' life, in my life, 
and in your life and your kids someday. And, you know, sometimes when I would lay awake in bed thinking about something that you and Noel, you or Noel were going through, I would meditate on that verse and just think about the his faithfulness continuing through all generations. And it was super comforting to me. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, and then the other one is Romans 8, 31 through 32. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? That's really good. Yeah. Um, okay. So as we wrap up, I want to just ask you for your advice uh, for someone who needs to be reminded of God's faithfulness. Yeah. So I think you talked about it a little bit already of what you do, but right now I'm in a season of needing to be reminded of God's faithfulness. So I think no matter how much we know that God was faithful and we've seen it in our lives, we're still going to walk through difficult and uncertain times. It's yeah. a guarantee. Jesus says in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So one of the things that encourages me is what you talked about is looking back. So I think journaling is really important. Mm. I've made it a practice to journal the things I'm thankful for. Um, but then I also write down scripture that encourages me or just prayers that I have. And it's really helpful to look back at the daily little things that God's been faithful in, but also the big things. Yeah. So, um, and like in my study that I'm doing right now, the author just encouraged me to, uh, to take a moment and remember the works of his hands and thank him for it. So I think it's good not only to write it down and think about them, but then also to talk about them with people because I need those people to remind me, you know, when I'm looking at the wind, you know, <laughs> to remind me of the times that God's been faithful yeah. um, when I need someone in, to encourage me. Yeah. So. I think that's really good advice. That's definitely something that I enjoy doing too. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Everything that you said was so awesome. And it's so, I know those stories, but they're still fun to hear. So I'm excited that everybody yeah. else got to hear them today. But thank you so much right. for being an example for me and just um, sharing your testimony with us today. Yeah, I love you so much, Kira. And I'm so proud of the woman that you are and just the new chapter that you're walking into, too. Thank you. I love you, too. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you did, please share with a friend and head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a rating and a review. Hope you have a great week.